Welcome to the Dr. Raj podcast with Dr. Raj Desgupta, a show all about educating patients, students, and aspiring doctors about better patient care. Dr. Raj is a quadruple board certified physician and associate professor at the University of Southern California. He was a co-host of the TNT series, Chasing the Cure with Ann Curry, as well as a regular on the TV show, The Doctors. And now, here's our show. Hi, and welcome to the Dr. Raj podcast. And what is this a podcast of? A podcast of happiness and wellness, amazing people, totally great stories. And today, I think that my podcast is now international because I officially have my longest Zoom chat for my guest, who is so awesome. I'm actually Zooming with India right now. How cool is that, everyone? And because my podcast is about mindfulness and wellness and happiness, I think I got the perfect person here, and I'm so excited to introduce, but let me stick with the game plan. We have to do the routine, so I'm going to read my bio first and go from there. So my guest today, his official name was... Kamlesh D. Patel, affectionately known as Daji. And I just love saying that. So I might say your name multiple times just because. And he is a best-selling author, spiritual leader of the heartfulness movement, environmentalist, and entrepreneur. A pharmacist by trade, Daji brings to the table a unique blend of science and spirituality. His teachings integrate the two and give us a deeper understanding of the purpose of human existence. His practical approach to spirituality gives us a simple and efficient framework for a more peaceful, joyful, sustainable, and healthier world. Since 2014, Daji has led millions of practitioners worldwide in beating the practices of heartfulness, a tradition of Raja Yoga adapted to modern day life. Under his guidance, the Heartfulness Institute oversees 14,000 certified trainees and thousands of volunteers across 160 countries. In his deep commitment to our global health, he has spearheaded an environmental initiative in the development of Kanha Santi Vanam, a green ecological paradise of 1,400 acres of rainforest, water conservation, animal sanctuary, medical center, educational center, and wellness retreat center with the world's largest meditation hall. In his forthcoming book, Spiritual Anatomy, which he did send me a copy, it's amazing, Balance Books, October 24th, which is next week, he received numerous accolades from luminaries for his bold understanding of consciousness through a collective of comprehensive spiritual and scientific research on the soul's anatomy and journey for a more whole health approach to our evolution. And with that being said, Daji, thank you for joining us. And how are you doing today? Oh, lovely, Dr. Raj. Thank you. Thank you for this podcast. Oh, you're welcome. And, you know, I wish we could show it. I'm only using the audio. I do mean it. You just have the sense of just calmness. I just feel like anything peaceful is on your side of the screen and all this anxiousness is on my side. So thank you for providing me with some <laughs> calmness this morning. <laughs> Well, I already promised you I would like to transmit this. Whoever would like to, they can just close eyes for a few seconds and see the impact. 
I'm going to say this. It's so tempting. I really wish I could teleport you here. But I want to make sure I ask some important things. Number one, here's a random one. I'm going to go off script a little bit just so we get to break the ice a little bit. So one reason I was a little in a, you know, in a hurry this morning is I need my morning coffee. You know, I'm a morning coffee person. If I don't get it, I don't know if it's a draw or habit. So my question to you is, what is your morning routine? Is there something that you need to get the day going? You know what I mean? Oh, my morning routine. Soon as I get up, you know, the usual stuff, clean up, etc. And then meditate. Meditate for a few minutes. And then maybe if I'm in mood to see the current situation in the world and feel the pulse of it and then see how we can contribute towards the better side of the world. Also, after that, I go through a I walk around in this uh, very peaceful forest-like environment. It's extremely peaceful. I visit all the trees we have planted, say hello to them. And if they need any care, if there is any water they are thirsty for or some fertilizers, and if they are being attacked by some pests. So I go on an inspection of my forest here and see what I can plant new stuff or if there is any tree that needs some Haircutting or you know trimming, <laughs> so we we do that. We do that. Well, you know, I think one day if we could, like, you know, those movies where they swap roles, that sounds pretty cool. I think that I like to swap my road rage going to work with some talking to trees in the morning a couple of days a week. I think that would help me out a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me let me ask you this. So. You came from India uh, to complete your postgraduate education degree in New York, where I did some of my training, uh, where you were a successful pharmacist, that's awesome, in New York City for many years. My question is, how did you balance your spiritual journey with your, I know it's rigorous work schedule of being a pharmacist? How'd you do it? Well, it's pretty simple. You know, we don't have to use willpower for things you love. Do you like ice cream? Do you, you you love, as you said, you love coffee early in the morning. You're a morning coffee person. I, I do. Thank you for listening. <laughs> do you use willpower to drink coffee? I don't think so. It's either me just... It just like, happens because, just happens. because you yeah. love it so much. You love it so much. Like children, we tell yeah. children, please use willpower in having your ice cream. It will be a redundant statement. They will say, why, why? So people who love to meditate and to remain centered and those who like peace within, they like peace outside also. And they carry environment of peace because they themselves become peace. right? And they cannot live without it. So this addiction of meditation is is the key to go on and on and on. Uh, at times, you know, there have been situations. It's not that I am invincible at that calmless level. There are situations when the patients would come in the pharmacy and start shouting, Hey, you, Indio! <laughs> the pharmacists. Uh, I love you, pharmacists. But why are you not giving me my Vicodin? Of course. And then, okay. Because your doctor did not give you refills. Oh, my doctor already called you, but nobody called, you see. And you end up having an argument. And okay, then we receive a phone call. 
we write a prescription, and then we bill it to the insurance. Insurance rejects it. So you can imagine the turmoil, patient after patient after patient, something or the other goes wrong. With every insurance today, with all the government policies, Medicare or Medicaid or HMOs, you know, there is always a headache. Oh, yes. And to sail through all that, I think it requires a peaceful, calm mind. You can't go crazy. You can't go mad. And after billing it, you later on realize that insurance is giving less than your buying price. And then you feel like pulling your hair. <laughs> 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 so we we do go through all these situations, but you don't feel miserable about it. You see, difficulties are there for all of us. Some people take these difficulties as challenge. It's like rising above, visiting the Everest Mount, and say hello to the peak. I am here, like that. Difficulties are always there, and they make us stronger. If you say to hell with this pharmacy and I don't want to see any patients and I don't want to fill any prescription, then okay, you have a choice. You will nothing. Well, let me let me kind of ask you this then, you know, because you know, becoming a pharmacist is is definitely a hard road. And you know, here at USC we have our pharmacy school, so I see what they're going through also. And you definitely pivoted, you know, in a different way. So my next question to kind of parlay off the first would be what led you to live that career and to focus on the heartfulness movement? Be honest. Uh, do, do you have any regrets for making that change? Professionally, I really, really wanted to become a doctor, physician, medical doctor. But somehow my grades were not good enough to give me admission into medical school. Mm -hmm. So my father said, why not pharmacy? It also deals with drugs. I said, okay. Yeah. And I was too young to make any decisions. <laughs> I was able to get admission in other schools outside the state I was in. But then my family would not allow me to study outside the state. So anyway, yeah. Yeah. to cut the story short, I ended up in the pharmacy. And by the third year of pharmacy, I came across a friend who said, Kamlesh, I see you meditating, but you're not getting absorbed. You're not at peace, even while meditation. I said, look, I don't know how to meditate. I pretend that I'm meditating. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, close my, I close my eyes and I just sit quietly and hoping something good will emerge from my heart. And then he said, look, I, I can take you to a trainer and this trainer can put you in trance right away. She is good. And when I heard C and trance, I was my my inner alarm went off. <laughs> okay. I said, we got to check out her and see how she can put me in trance. <laughs> so we went to her and she was a very serious person, a very simple lady, a housewife. And she said, by my first name, Kamlesh, uh, it's good that you're here, but why do you want to meditate? So she grilled me all these questions, and then finally she decided, okay, you're fit enough to start meditation. So she gave me the first introductory uh, session on meditation, 
not much of speaking. She just told me how to meditate and did okay. the work on me. And instantly I was transported. Instantly, I say, Dr. Raj, without a time uh, limitations whatsoever, I was transported to a different level of awareness. And uh, I was totally gone, totally gone. As they say, be Miss Cotty, and you're right. gone. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that, I was gone. I, I became non-existential. It was a uh, ultimate experience of samadhi for me. And I, was, it was, I felt so fortunate. And when the session was over, she said, that's all. And I couldn't open my eyes because I didn't know she said, that's all. So she kept on tapping my knee and said, that's all, Kamlesh, your sitting is over. And she herself started crying. Yeah, she said, your inner spiritual condition is so good. And I myself feeling at so much of peace. So she appreciated the inner state that also gave me a, some sort of a positive push that, yes, you're not that bad. Come <laughs> on, you can do meditation. <laughs> so I, that's how I started. I love that story. And I need a definition from you. So the heartfulness movement, you know what I mean? I didn't want to kind of skirt over that. What is the heartfulness movement? Well, it is to share with the world that follow your heart, live by your heart. And you almost escaped another question. I said, any regrets? So now what you're doing, do you ever feel like, you know, I kind of want to check the dosing of this med a little bit. I want to see what route this is. It shouldn't be IM. It should be sub Q. Do you like, you know, do you, do you miss it a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, pharmacy, if you if you go, to, go through this curriculum of pharmacy, I think you won't have regrets. The reason is, you are a hybrid product of so many things. Mm -hmm. You are touching the boundaries of medicine. You are touching the boundary of forensic investigation. You are touching the boundaries of engineering because engineering also involves manufacturing of medications, etc. You are also involved with technology. You are also involved with farming. You are also involved with making a lot of recipes, so you are also becoming a kind of a cook. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, you you will never regret becoming a pharmacist. Actually, of course, there are many other regrets in life which mm -hmm. I don't think we should share here. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think the podcast is that long. We want to keep people motivated, yeah. but. You know, yes. you mentioned a little bit, you know, in your first answer, but, you know, making this shift for the heartfulness movement and all the things you're doing, touching people in different ways, you know, uh, what prompted you to make that shift? Was there, was this moment after you had that really enlightening first official meditation, what really prompted you to make the shift? Well, there is no shift. I continued more intensely into meditation, more and more got involved with it. Mm -hmm. And uh, this particular meditation doesn't take you away from your mundane duties. Wow. For example, you, you can be a farmer, you can be a pharmacist, you can be a doctor, you can be a housewife, you can be a chef, and still continue with your inner life. Your external mundane life is not at crossroads with your inner spiritual life. In fact, both has to be integrated. Otherwise, it's a hollow, partial, incomplete life. That makes perfect sense. What if you go into spirituality and become a priest? 
it's of no use to your family. And you, you go into uh, a material world and become multi-billionaire, but what if your inner spiritual life is empty? You'll feel discontent, you'll remain frustrated, you'll remain restless because completeness will never be felt. Yeah. So both have to be integrated. I, I strongly feel that I need to integrate my material life, my work life, and my spiritual life. I was trying to give you an example yeah. of that material life and spiritual life. I, I like a, two wings of a bird. Can a bird fly with one wing? Not really. So, so material and spiritual wings of a bird. Yeah, they have they have to be in balance. One cannot be longer. One cannot be shorter. You know the guiding force in the bird. Well, what is, is the guiding force? It's a tail. It gives the direction. You know the tail <laughs> moves like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's and that's how the planes were invented. The back part of the plane, how it gives the direction to the flight. And when we are leading our material and spiritual life, there is something very profound that comes as a guidance from within. Our tail, what a tail is to a bird, our tail is our own heart. That's beautiful, which guides us, you know? It's a a, 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 it guides us. I love it. I want to ask a another kind of definition question because my listeners may not know some of these things. I know I don't, so I'm excited for you to help me out with this. I was reading your book and you mentioned 16 chakras in your book. Can we start off with a simple question without you uh, laughing at me? What is a chakra? Can you define it for me, please? Let me give you one example. Okay. This is a napkin. Yes. Uh, it's a handkerchief. I, I I use this to wipe my face when I have tears in my eyes. Not from this interview, right? <laughs> no, no, not at all. See, if, if, if I give the example of if you tie the knot here, one okay. knot, two knot, three knot, four sure. knot, do you see any change in the handkerchief? Yeah, it looks different if you tie the knots, right? I mean, yeah. yeah it remains the same napkin. Okay. But the functionality will change. Yes. Right? I will not be able to use it so nicely. And if I pull it even further, try to opening, while opening these knots, try to make it more functional. And if I do it wrongly, I can tighten these knots even more. Okay. Now, what, what are the knots that we form within us? We are having this discussion right now. And if there is a chaos and I start cursing you and then you say to hell with this fellow and you hang the phone. and So what happens there? Afterward, you form a knot in oh. your mind that stay away from Daji. <laughs> and from my end, I would also say never ever interact with Dr. Raj. So we we form this form we form a sort of an inner understanding. We call it not. We okay. form a not opinion about a person. And let us see if I am attracted towards a beautiful lady. It also forms a certain level of vibrations in my heart. And these vibrations they settle in a particular part of my body. If I become very courageous or become very fearful, those vibrations also settle. 
So to me, these chakras are nothing but vortexes formed by the vibrations, which are the product of my emotions. Wow, I need to take a time just to let it all in. <laughs> and with that being said, this kind of sets me up so you could answer this question. So what is the importance of the main chakras in our body? And can you list a couple of those? And how do we connect with them? Well, the main chakra we have to focus always on is the heart. Okay. Heart is the chakra that is connected with all the chakras in the body. Heart, if you know more about nadis or the energy channels, all the channels are ultimately gravitating or moving towards the heart only. So that's why we meditate on the heart. And with an idea of some particular, I would say, a focus or an idea about some presence, idea of some quality, we meditate on those things and see where it takes us during the meditation. Uh, this heartfulness way of meditation, when we do it on the heart, we don't move with any particular idea of divinity or God. We don't think that God is like this or God is like that. We try to maintain a neutral attitude and, and be very sincere, authentic about it, our search that, God, I don't even know if you are there. And if you are there also, I don't have any proof that you are there. I'd like to experience your presence the way you want it, not the way I want it. Me being a Hindu, Maybe I would imagine all kinds of gods and goddesses. Or a person who is a Christian would limit himself by imagining a particular form of God as per the indoctrination or dogmas from the childhood. So we have to be neutral about the whole thing and say, if Krishna or Rama or Jesus, then who is the father of Jesus? He always says, I am son of my father. Who is the father? If Krishna says, I was sent by, or Rama says, I was sent by, who is this person who sends them down? Who is that entity, rather? And how many could understand them even during their lifetimes? Poor fellow was sent on a cross, unfortunately. No one could understand him. Hardly three, four individuals in his lifetime. Same thing happened with these avatars or incarnation in Hindu, Hindu mythology. One fellow's wife was abducted. Another person's uh, arrow killed him. Krishna was shot by an arrow and was killed. So many questions can arise. How can incarnation of God can die like that? How can an incarnation like Rama have issues with his wife? I mean, there are... So many questions that can arise. So we remain neutral to all these things. You know, with all these limitations, we logically feel in our heart. But we like to also experientially dissolve all these knots that we have formed and come to a good understanding. This kind of leads to this question. So the way from what I gathered, what we're talking about, the chakras system kind of offers a map to help us you know, kind of see this correlation between, you know, anatomy, mindset, emotions, and energy. So 
Can you explain how, you know, going back to the, the 16 chakras that you mentioned in your book, can illuminate the mind-body connection? And how can you do that in an accessible, practical way? How can I do it? You know what I mean? How can I tell my listeners to do it? Well, before I can explain to you all these things, let's try and understand <laughs> why, we, why we do this. Uh -huh. right? why, why meditate? Or some ask question, what is the purpose of life, the aim of life? It's a very serious question, and we keep pondering about it, you see. And science says, science says, we are here for evolution. Yeah. Can human being evolve? When you already think that we are at the top most notch of the, on the scale of evolution, what more is awaiting us? Can you fly like an eagle and swim like a dolphin in your lifetime? You can't. You can't evolve so speedily. It takes thousands and thousands of years. So what is the purpose of this life? Then religious people say soul's evolution. But soul, how can soul be evolved? Soul is complete in itself, perfect in itself. And where there is perfection, where is the need to evolve? So, heartfulness way of meditation, it has found one fundamental thing, that what really evolves is your consciousness. There is expansion of your consciousness. From wherever we are to the next level of consciousness, we have to move on. And from that level to another level, then another level. So, as our consciousness evolves, our ability to perceive, our ability to become more aware increases. It's like this. When I'm in the valley, my ability to see is limited versus when I am on the peak of a mountain. It's like, you, you see, you, you are waiting for your friend on 43rd Street and Madison Avenue in Manhattan. You're on the ground. Your friend is walking and is on some other avenue on, an, on, on 50th Street. And you are on 43rd Street. How are you going to see your friend? But someone who is on, on, on the top floor can see your friend coming on 58th yeah. Street, 49th Street, and even when it's passing, going beyond 43rd Street, can see. So, our ability to become aware increases from the heights of consciousness. Chakras, they fulfill that function. As we move from lower chakras to the higher chakras, there is incremental expansion of awareness. That means incrementally you become more and more aware of things within yourself. And the stage comes where you are able to move up and down at will. It's like your elevator in a tall building. You can go up and down. You have freedom. You have flexibility to move within your own consciousness, within the own spectrum of consciousness. So this, uh, each chakra represents a location with certain frequency, right? And when you go through all this first floor, second floor, third floor, your inner moods, inner landscape, inner emotions will change. Your ability to perceive will also change. So I can give you the insight of this spiritual anatomy by giving this mundane example. But in reality, you'll have to practice to understand the dynamics of changing inner environment means changing inner consciousness. No, and I, I love that New York analogy and being higher up. It actually makes me miss being there. But that was a 
great. I certainly <laughs> understand it a little bit. And I'm going to put you on the spot because uh, I did I did practice for this. So in your book, I'm going to always go back to it. I'm super excited about it. And uh, you delve into the intersection of spirituality and science, which is why I was really excited to do this with you because I thought I could represent like, you know, kind of a little bit, maybe a smidge of the science, you know. And you're exploring the soul's anatomy and its role in the holistic well-being, which I thought was great. Can you share with your audience what inspired you to write this spiritual anatomy, you know, combining the spirituality and science? Well, it is because lots of us, including myself, were losing interest in spirituality at some point. Uh, It looked more like a mythological study or it looked more like something that you have faith that it demands faith. But when I experienced this heartfulness way of meditation, my first fundamental conclusion is that approaching divinity, approaching your higher level of consciousness does not require faith. Because faith is the product of your practice. It's like this, when I go to a certain gym, I exercise myself, I have a proper coach or a trainer and helps me either put on weight or lose weight depending upon your goals. Right? People visit gym only for two things, majority of them. Yeah. Some wants to lose and some wants to have, you know, muscles and six packs. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> not us. That's not us, Daji. <laughs> Right. And once you once you at, achieve that, at least you are moving towards your goal, that you're becoming more and more uh, healthier, you're, instead of six packs, anyway, you've got at least two packs or four packs. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it makes you happy that you are in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So, when we are moving in the field of spirituality, what are the stages? Am I able to feel fundamental shift in my consciousness, starting with peace? Going through on my march, does joy come in my heart? Joy, does contentment come in my heart? Do I become fearless? Do I have total clarity? Do I become very kind and compassionate and loving? Do I become so blissful? Because there's such a big difference between peace, joy, happiness, content, and blissful. One is able to see all these things inside. One can feel that. And this feeling, can you can you measure it on any scientific scale? No, probably no, not. I, yeah. I, I don't think so. Exactly. But there are certain, certain waves that we can measure. For example, um, yoga talks about that you are sleeping, but at the same time you are aware. It's a it's a paradoxical statement, <laughs> right? But so, and I have observed that also that if I hook you up on a EEG measuring mm-hmm. machine and I transmit to you, and you attain a certain level of awareness, this awareness that you are experiencing will be exactly like sleep. Now, when you measure the EEG of a person who is sleeping and EEG of Dr. Raj who is meditating and in a state of samadhi. Samadhi? Wait, 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 wait. You threw out a term. Can you define that really quick? What? I missed it. 
state of samadhi right uh-huh. that can that will that will mimic the state of sleep it will have delta wave oh okay 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 but dr raj is not sleeping though he has delta wave on eg he is still aware wow so this this finding i have i have found it commonly with all our subjects even if you are a first time meditator and i hook you up on this eeg machine they will all have delta and they will all have at the same time some level of awareness guaranteed wait so dodge i'm going to go a little off script so you have people that are meditating and you do have access to eegs and you do eegs and you do look for the waveforms during their meditation correct wow that's awesome so question question so a lot of other people who are I'm making the statement so broad so forgive me I'm doing it off the cuff. I mean has other people done that to see if they can get to literally different stages of sleep based upon teaching meditation? Well, are you the only one that does this? No, there are people. Okay. Uh, ours is a, ours is a practice of heartfulness way of meditation. That's there cool. are many mindfulness experiments done on people who are meditating. for example buddhist monks their experiments was also on the similar scale uh, where people will meditate and they would take the subjects who have been meditating with on an average of maybe 10000 or 15000 hours of accumulated meditation period but with heartfulness way i'm saying even if you are a new rookie on the game Still, uh, you'll play well. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, this is kind of odd topic, but so you know, I have three kids, and I mean, my youngest has just turned four. So, you know, right now, when uh, my wife and I can't sleep because things are happening earlier in the morning, my wife and I always believe that just lie, just lie down there, just close your eyes, even if you can't fall asleep, and we kind of fake it, saying, "Well, you know, this is a, a way to just meditate," even though we're we, like you were joking about, we're probably not really meditating, but. and even though i'm not sleeping we do feel refreshed even though we're not sleeping we try to make it a, a moment where if we can't fall back asleep we just kind of calm us down and i don't know it feels like there's an analogy to what you're saying where you're not even sleeping but you know maybe you are rejuvenating your mind and body at the same time and i think that's great and i love that you proved it i think it's wonderful tonight you just call sanjay he's on a forward one of our trainers yeah right you go to you when you go to bed with an intention of sleep and your wife is beside you yeah. right tell her also to close her eyes okay. and be receptive to this transmission that we talked about in this book okay and see if it can help you fall asleep in record time Wow, that's a big statement right there. But I'm not going to let you escape yet. I have a couple more questions. So, give us a give us some free tips right here, okay? So, what are some of uh, some of your meditation techniques? Come on, give us the best ones. And I'm going to add two more questions. Can you meditate anywhere or do you have to be like in some secluded place? To start with. Yeah. You see, it is good to have a peaceful place in your at your home. I I I used to meditate at one place only in my house. Where? I choose, even cats like one cozy place, you know. Yeah, Garfield loved that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we had to find one comfortable place with which you are used to. Okay. 
and just stick to that. Afterward, you will be able to meditate, doesn't matter where. You are flying, you are in a plane, you are in a train, you will be able to meditate. But you have to start somewhere. And at home, you have to find your own comfortable place. You know, you have your children. You can't be meditating at the same time listening to children's cartoons, right? Give me the juice. Give me some, there are some meditation techniques. What do you do? Are you really interested? I wouldn't ask it if I didn't super interested. I'm, this is, I feel like this is the good stuff right here. We finally got to it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So okay. just what you do is just yeah. sit comfortably. Okay. Sit comfortably. Yeah. Close your eyes very gently. Okay. Visit your heart about two fingers below your left nipple. Okay. And have your attention towards that area. Be receptive that I am receiving vibrations of love and peace and that my heart is being filled with love and that my heart is the source of everything that is there in life. So be receptive and open to it. During this meditation, if some thoughts do arise, let them arise, it's okay. Uh, we gently turn our attention inward, reminding ourselves that the moment I am meditating and receiving these vibrations of love from above. So this is a very simple technique. Okay. Now, are you a big fan of like breathing techniques with that? Do you like to combine breathing techniques with your... No, it's you know? not really necessary. It's okay. not necessary. Okay. Because even, let's say if you incorporate breathing thing yeah. and with a particular rhythm, okay. then you're too busy breathing. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. You, okay. you, you are not able to focus your mind on something that will take you beyond mind. Okay, makes sense. Makes sense. So let's uh, kind of close off with um, back to the book. So what are some key lessons you want readers to take away from spiritual anatomy? Well, I often say to my friends that, look, you don't have to believe or not, not believe. Experiment. You can become a scientist for yourself in the field of spirituality. And who can, more than yourself, can say that this is right or wrong? You are the scientist. You are the product of your own experiments. You are the result. And your heart is your laboratory. Try and practice with open heart and see where it can take us. That, that's super beautiful. Let me just say this, you know, but before I give my last How We Find You Everything, Thanks for taking the time to talk to me. You know, I know that. What time is it over there in India right now? Well, it is now quarter to 10. At nighttime or in the morning? It's nighttime and it's... I love it. Yes. I really appreciate it. You got 17 minutes extra from us. It was worth every second and every penny to do it <laughs> so no thank you so much i really appreciate it and i really you know for someone who's naive in many ways i learned so much just preparing for this interview and you know reading you know some certain chapters from your book it was amazing um where can my listeners find you online www.heartfulness.org and if you want to meditate with this method, uh, someone will always help you. 
go through this practice. I went to a lady's house, right, in the city where I was in. But with this technology, I think you can approach anyone. Even, let's see, Dr. Raj in Los Angeles, once he woke up, had a fight with his wife, and he woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning and said, I want to meditate. Whose house will you go at 2 in the morning in L.A.? I know. Right? So you use this app and say, I'm Dr. Raj. I would like to meditate. I'm from L.A. Even this much is also not necessary. Someone who is awake in Japan or in India or in Europe will say, oh, Dr. Raj wants to meditate. And they'll ping in and say, okay, I'm with you. And they will meditate with you. And you can feel the effect of that meditation. And Dr. Raj, it's all for free. These are all volunteers worldwide. We have almost 16,000 volunteers ready to teach and share this meditation. I offered you, I can put you in state of peace in less than five minutes, but you don't want to take Oh, don't even make me feel bad at the end, Daji. That's not very spiritual of you, you know? (laughs) I'm going to, I'll get the app. I'm going to ping you. If you don't like help me when I'm in a stressful moment, I'm going to, I'm going (laughs) to look you up. Heartfulness, heartfulness (laughs) app, no? What's the name? Heartfulness app. I'm going to look it up. No, that's great. That's great. So anyways, thank you so much. I totally wish you all the best. And I hope our paths will cross again. You're just a really awesome, cool dude to talk to. I really enjoyed this. Thank you, Dr. Raj. You've been, it has been joyful. You are a nice guy. And looking forward to meeting you in LA sometimes. Or if you come across India, you know, we are in central part of India. And you'll love it here. I take your word for it. All right. So with that being said, thank you everyone for listening to the Dr. Raj podcast. I really hoped you learned something amazing. I know I did today. And stay tuned for our next episode in a few weeks. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of Ars Longa Media. Our producers are Madison Linden and Chris Brightigan. Our executive producer is Dr. Patrick Beeman. This podcast is for educational purposes only and not intended for medical advice. Ars Longa, Vita Brevis.